The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome. It is uh, first show of season six here on the Rockin' Pregame. And uh, it's uh, nice to be back. Football season is right here upon us. And that is one of the greatest times of the year is when college football is back. And uh, there's all been. Football, Jeff. I, know. I like all football. Well, I mean, I like all football. High school, High school college. college. I yeah. like NFL. I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. No, I just, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just a fan of college football. I like all of them, but I'm especially a fan of college football. So that's always first and foremost on, on my uh, on my mind. Pete, uh, got some pee wee football. You going to go check that out this week? Uh, no, I'm not okay. actually, Pete. That's thanks right. for asking, though. Marty, that's, that's all for Marty making recruiting profiles for some of these kids around town. <laughs> you know, class of 2030, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, it's, it's all happening. Right. And it's funny, you're not really even exaggerating. Not much. much. Are you? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy how how that's uh, how that recruiting stuff goes. But um, speaking of recruiting, we'll, we will have uh, some recruiting updates today. Jared will get you all uh, filled in on things. I mean, there's a lot to, there's there's a lot of stuff that has happened since the huh. uh, the last show that uh, that we did. Uh, back in like when was that July? August, when was that June? June. Gosh, it's been a long time. Yeah. Anyway, so a lot has happened from uh, conference realignment talk and teams bolting for other conferences, alliances being formed. Huh. I mean, it's just it's it's just crazy everything that's that's gone on. So we'll get to some of that. Um, Pete's actually got to look at some of the the high schools around the area as they're getting ready for football as well. And there's you know future possible future Red Raiders out there too. You know with all the uh, the high schools in in West Texas. And um, let's see, we got some basketball coming up. Maybe uh, trying to pick who are the uh, maybe the starting five for Mark Adams' first team. Who's gonna who's expected to make the biggest impact? And uh, that's just a few things we got coming up today. So there's plenty to get to. But as always. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Let's get going with the Rockin' Reality Jack. All right. Fancy. That sounds awesome. I like uh, the year six version. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I feel like we're about to go fight. Like we're the Avengers or something? With that music? Is that our yeah, theme no, music? I, the yeah. Rock to the Ring? Let's go. Let's the go. Reservoir dogs like slow walk. Yeah, you know? I feel like I should be wearing a cape or something all of a sudden. That's the only time I ever thought about that. By we better way. bring but, it uh, after that. Intro. Yeah, no kidding. All right, find ourselves in the transfer portal. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. All right, so um, anyway, rock and reality check, man. Um, Pete, would you like to would you like to jump right in with your rock and reality check here? Just really get us going here. Usually a pretty salty kind of guy. What uh, what what what, what you fit? Well, what's the temperature of things for us. I, I'm still wearing a mask here and there, so we, you know we haven't we we've made some progress, but we're not where I thought we'd be. But I'm just you know we started high school football last night, so I'm excited about that. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, coronavirus is still a topic everywhere you go, and, uh, um, you know, we'll see if we can get through the year. You know, like last night, this little team, Crest, up above Plainview, uh, their whole team got quarantined, so they had to cancel their first game. So I thought, man, here we go again. So You know this is never going to end, right? I, well, I hope it is, somehow. Are we going to get a different strand every year coming out? So yeah, I think I about know. every six months it'll be the you know we'll go through the Greek alphabet with uh, you know Delta variants. Who gets we'll to have, name the the variants? I don't know. It's probably the same I'd guy like that names you. hurricanes. I guess. All right. Maybe you know. I don't know. 
But, uh, but I, no. I, I just wouldn't get name. that job. And where's, yeah. the, where's the pay for something like that? <laughs> Not too well. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, with the yeah. Name. I'm like Hurricane, you know, Ida. But you do feel like there's. I always feel like there's. There's just gonna. There's gonna constant. It's just like we. Why we've always had the flu every year. Yeah. You're gonna continue uh -oh, to have this well, thing every here we year. Go. I know. <laughs> no, but I mean. Well, then I mean, there but, were two shots. Saying, now there's a booster shot. And then right. There'll be another. Sh I mean, when's it end? When's so, it end? Yeah. So I mean, so in sports, you know, college football and NFL back on the horizon. Everybody's looking forward to it. But like you said, you still got the specter of all this out there. And and you do. You just kind of sit there sometimes and go, well, I guess it's never gonna end because. Two weeks to slow this, you know, to flatten the curve, and here we are all this time later, and now we got variants and crap going. I mean, you know, I, I just don't see how it's ever going to end. So we just got to learn to live with. It. I guess this is going to be the this is the new world we live in. Well, I saw out in Oregon, in Oregon State, you have to prove you're vaccinated oh, yeah. to go to the game. That's that's coming. Like I, I feel like we're kind of in a bubble here. I, that's what I think. Can, you know, I don't do. get me wrong. Texas Tech has, uh, you know, dotted their eyes and crossed their t's. Yes. I don't want to, you know try and say that they haven't done what they're supposed to do. But I'm just saying, we've been able to operate as business as usual as right. opposed to last year when it was mm -hmm. anything but. But like you mentioned, there's teams, it's not just some small teams. Like in Houston, there was like a dozen schools that had to cancel or postpone their games mm -hmm. right. due to COVID. So, and then there are, like, I think LSU, you have to prove you've been vaccinated to, to go to the game, you know? And that's, as you can imagine, that's pretty controversial there in Louisiana. So. Yeah. Um, I, that that's coming out, you know. I know for me, like I got vaccinated, no matter what you believe, you know, e here or there, just because I, I, you can see it. I mean, it doesn't take Sherlock, right, to see this coming. That schools are going to ask you or tell you that either be vaccinated and you can have access, or don't and you can't and you won't. So, and I don't, I don't have, I'm not the type of person that sits around and thinks whether that's right or wrong. It's just it is, so I act accordingly. You know, have what you ready to show proof? Of not your papers? yet. No. Yeah, well, but have you, know you, have, you, have you ready to show proof that you didn't have tuberculosis? You know, not yet either. So like, they're kind of the same. But I will say this: Big Twelve Media Day, you had to be vaccinated or wear a mask. They didn't demand you show your card or anything like right. that. You know, and I've heard a lot of people come up with say like. You know, uh, you know, how easy is it to forge it? And I'm like, man, come on. Either get vaccinated or don't, but don't. I saw a family got busted flying from, I think, Texas to Hawaii, and they had fake vaccination cards. Even their kids, who were like seven and eight or younger, you're not, you can't even get vaccinated. They had cards for them. $5,000 fine up to a year in prison. That's where we're going. Well, oh, yeah. The whole thing sucks. Of course it and, does. And, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to debate, like I said, vaccines and who's got nothing, none of that. The whole thing is, that sucks about it is here we are in the United States of America, and we're, getting, we're to a point where to go do anything fun or recreational or entertainment of any kind, it's like you got to show your papers. And it's BS, man. This is wrong, and I hate it, and I think it sucks. So if you want to know my yeah. check, that sucks. And there is no sporting event or entertainment of any kind that I want to go bad enough to have to show papers. It's the principle of it. I think it's wrong, okay. what, and, and I, I don't want What if you didn't have to show papers, and they had a vaccination section and a non-vaccination section? If you're in the vaccinated section, will you look over and say, look at Billy over there. He's not, I mean, you know, then it's it's like second class. You're I mean, unclean. Well, yeah, so I mean, yeah. but, but I don't know what, what the but answer is. My point is, is we're, we sit here and we do this for this specific thing. But yet, there's all this other stuff that people can be hacking stuff all over you with, you know, communicable diseases. 
and, and none of those are a concern. Nobody's ever asked you for any proof of any kind of vaccine for any of these other things. Do you have the measles? Yeah, we, we can't have you in here. Have you had your measles shot? It, so it's, it's things that are also dangerous. It's just this one dangerous thing. We've decided we're going to go all in on this and change everything in the world on this one thing when there's tons of other things. It could be just as dangerous. I've had shingles cares. five times, so I'm always afraid what? of shingles. Shingles sucks. Yeah, Nobody wants yeah, Look what it did to my tongue. Do you have it now? Have well, you I have been, a line through it. it. Should I move? It almost, it almost cut my tongue in half. Right, it's terrible. Yeah, it is. That's my I was point, like though. deformed in the face. There's all kinds of terrible yeah. things. So yeah. anyway, just all right. But uh, anyway, enough of that crap. All right, so we, we move on here. But football, how do you feel uh, sitting here today, one week from uh, first game with Texas Tech, uh, you know, as far as your rock and reality check, how you feel about Tech coming up this season? Well, how I feel about Tech is I'm uh, op- opportunistic, I think. Uh, I'm feeling... Uh, just, I've been to 20 practices this offseason, talked with uh, dozens of players, talked with most of the coaches, including Wells, several times. Um, you know, this is my ninth consecutive season covering Texas Tech exclusively, and this is the best all-around team in terms of talent across the board, talent and depth across the board. Now, they had a better offense in 2015. You had Pat Mahomes and Dre and LaRaven <laughs> and Jakeem. And go down the list. I mean, that was... A ridiculous offense, but that was paired with, I don't even know if this is open for debate, but the worst defense in college football that season. <laughs> it was historically one of the worst defenses ever in college football, so that's why they only won seven games. Um, this one, I'm not going to sit here and say, bring on Bama, come on, I'm not saying that, <laughs> but I am saying I do, like, my prediction is I think they'll win seven games, um, and I've been pretty uh, steady with prediction since I saw the team in the spring they've only improved the roster since then they've made some some nice additions uh since then um they've brought in guys from all over the country who weren't just and this has been the hardest thing for me to communicate to people and i'm going to talk about it recruiting later is that everyone looks at the transfer portal a certain way or recruiting a certain way and you know you preface this whole thing by all the change we're going through right in college football things are different everything everything's different i mean there's been more change in college football this past year than the past 40 years of my life of of being a college football fan uh between the nil and the 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 transfer rules where you can transfer now without having to sit out so you're not getting just uh guys that couldn't play or, or whatever or had a dispute with their coach or guys that were problems you know in the locker room you're getting guys who say hey i'm a good player you know i know that this may have, this may not be the right fit for me i'm going to go look and see what else is out there and then they're finding fits and these are older guys who aren't as concerned with the jerseys and the logos they want playing time they want to go to the league they want to go somewhere they trust and that is where coach wells and his staff have lived not just live i'm going to tell you right now They've been mentioned. This is so. It's not just me. People saying, "Hey, he's local. He's in. He's in a bubble. He's just saying, uh, you know, drinking the Kool Aid, serving up the Kool Aid." People that have no dog in the fight with Texas Tech or the Big Twelve have put their haul in terms of the transfer portal on par with Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Florida State. Where else does Texas Tech exist in that conversation of college football? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what doesn't fit there? It's Texas Tech. And then Texas Tech is one of the top ten teams in terms of transfer portal halls. Um, they've improved the quarterback position significantly, which I think is really, I mean, come on. Quarterback is the all-important position in, in football. It's designed that way. And uh, 
they've improved greatly, not just for now with Shuck, but also for the future with Morton and Donovan Smith. So um, we're going to get into it later, but uh, in terms of how I'm feeling about Texas Tech football, I'm I'm excited. For the first time, I'm not having to manufacture excitement, right. uh, you know, for, for in a while, right. in, probably since the 2015 season. So we'll see. They got a big one coming up in the opener. I know we're going to talk about it later in the show, but uh, I think that's it's crazy that a non-conference game against a uh, non-Power 5 school could be the key to the season. But that might right. be where we're at. Yeah, maybe so. So, Pete, uh, real quick, because I want to get to some of the uh, Kirby Hocut comments uh, last night about the conference realignment stuff, too. But uh, just reality check, though, for the tech season this year. Are you feeling optimistic? Yeah, I would say I'm optimistic. I mean, obviously, the, the walls have closed in after these two years. And, and, you know, if they go four and eight or whatever. Do you think he's gone? No, no I'm I not so sure. No. no. I don't know. Oh, if he goes four and eight, he's got to be gone. You think so? Well, I mean, Kirby said he did. Well, he just said they they got to. Sh- I mean, you got to show improvement. Yeah. You can't go backwards. Yeah. Now, if they're six and six and get a bowl game, which I think they're going to get a bowl game, and I think that's the key. But I mean, everything Jared said, uh, Shuck has definitely elevated uh, the offensive side. Uh, they got all. I mean, Jared always talks about how the guys are so much bigger. You can see it. Uh, I think they can get a bowl game this year. So. Having that thought going into the season, which you know you didn't the last few, yeah. you got to be optimistic. And that first game is huge. I mean, then you got the two cream puffs, so to speak. I mean, if you can be three and zero, but you know if you lose that first game by ten, by fifteen, by one, I mean, yeah, you're zero and one, and then you're you're already at Texas, at Oklahoma. I mean, you got to win that first game. Period. You can't lose that game. Period. You just can't. Yeah. I mean, you really, it's I, I know. I don't want to be over dramatic, but I, that's a huge. It really is a yeah. huge game. It's as huge of a season opener as I can remember. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the other, uh, you know, the big stories, uh, you know, just for the for weeks now has been just well with you know when OU and Texas left for the SEC and it, it just you know the seismic. Uh, ramifications of that too well then there's all the talk that oh maybe tech can go to the pac-12 well then the pac-12 and the big 10 the acc enter into some alliance you know and they uh pac-12 comes out and says we are not interested in expansion so now it makes it look like pretty much the big 12 is just in a position where they better start grabbing teams and try to hang on and survive in some form so um so uh, kirby hoka talked a little bit about that uh yesterday and specifically on you know things that tech fans can do to uh i guess help help in the process right you know just give the the, the best importance. look to the university the yeah what are what are the things that you like supporting the team coming out to the games thank you for that question and you couldn't be more spot on it's you know there's never been a more important time for the red raider nation to support these student athletes and and these teams and let's call it what it is it's football right now we we need to pack the Jones six times. That's what we ask of our fans, to, to fill Jones AT&T Stadium six times for us this year. Nothing will make a more profound impact or impression to the entire country as they see us on television, as they see us on you know highlights to show uh, that the Jones is full. And this fan base, time and time again, continues to lift this athletics program, and I don't expect this to be any different. You said nothing would make a more impact. Wouldn't wins make an additional impact? <laughs> uh, that's, that, that goes without saying it's a it's a very important year in a lot of ways and you know these these young men on this football team have been working extremely hard and we've had a great summer we've had a great fall camp and you know it's it's time for texas tech to win in football and to take two steps forward and i'm confident that we're poised to do that 
All right. So yeah, there you go. That's it's a it's a really tough situation though when you're in that situation where you need the fans to pack the stadium, but you've been you know historically bad for such a period of time now. That's a big ask. So you just hope they can get some wins, which will create excitement, which will get fans in the stands, and then you you know hopefully you do you put that best foot forward and and it, and it looks better. Well, and that's you know, why that winning. Houston game is big for the fans. Yeah. I mean, to come home and they're one and zero, but if they're zero and one. I mean, that's at least five to 6,000 people not right. coming to the game. Seriously. At least. Yeah. It, at least, it yeah. goes beyond that because in today's world with social media and everything you have, you're gonna, you know how it is. I mean, you see it. Uh, if they lose that first game, it's going to be like, told you, all that Kool-Aid, it was nonsense. Right. Yeah, I mean, no matter the circumstance, either they win. I mean, if they win big, then, oh, okay, well, maybe they have something, you know. And yeah, then, right. then they got the two cream puffs, like you said, which, I mean, they got to be wins, or what right. are we talking about? Well, you here, slip you know? up there, then, well, then yeah, we're talking we're about talk- a different then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a whole, totally different story. They're not going to lose those two games. No, but then even if they play well, well, they already lost to a better team. I mean, here they're, they played the two cream puffs. You're not going to get no, no. anything out of those two wins. Nothing. Nothing. You have to win that first game, and so go 3-0, and then you have, the, you have UT in Austin to open, and then what is it, West Virginia on the road to the back-to-back. That's your back-to-back road games. Um, and if you could split those, you're four and one. Then you, I mean, you might actually see a whole bunch yeah. of butts. Right, get a little bit stands. of momentum, yeah. and I mean, people so feel that's how it works. I mean, right. it is. I, like yeah. you said, Jeff, this this uh, fan base has been beaten down with yeah. the football team. You know? Well, and I think we're and it's beyond that deal of hey, get out there and support the boys. They're working hard. I mean, you know, that's a nice sentiment, but it is. people want to go watch a winning a winning team. Yeah. So there you go. All right, uh, Hoke had also talked about you know just the the situation in the Big Twelve with. You know the dealings of you know with OU Texas, uh, you know behind the scenes, I guess, unbeknownst to everybody, and how all that came down with the SEC. I'm not sure that we've ever seen so much distrust and um, just turbulence within college athletics as we're seeing now, and it's really unfortunate. Um, you know the the lack of relationships and, and, and trust, and you know we I think we've got to really reestablish some foundational um, aspects of college athletics as we move forward because uh, things are changing and they're changing fast and um, they're it's it's different it's a different time it's it's going to be different in the next five or ten years and my thoughts were going to just how fractured this industry has become yeah it disappoints you yeah because you know you you think you have trust and relationships with colleagues and that trust has been broken and without trust there's there's very little relationships and you know relationships are are critical when you get into situations like this it's always funny and, and i get what he's saying but it, but it is kind of funny if you really stop but you think about like when the big 12 started how you know tech was part of that conversation and left behind houston and yeah you know, and smu the whole and victim so, card thing so, i'm not right. feeling See, that that's I'm, what i'm, I'm saying just, I'm are you you're sitting here telling me that if if tech and like osu for instance would have gone with texas and ou to the sec would any of that matter no, no. It, well it's just the landscape to change I, we just gotta you know look for the future and i, I got i found that <laughs> yeah, I like a, a lot of thing. what what hook had said yesterday <laughs> I, I i liked but yeah. I, that part where it's like I mean, come on. Yeah. They're your competitors. And it's you a know? business it's more a than ever now. It's a business. Yeah. So, I, you know, the whole victim card, I'm not, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll move on here. Coming up next, 
Uh, we'll talk some some more football here. You know, we're uh, just just a tad over a week away from the very first game. Our thoughts on uh, some of the new players, transfer players that have been added and are expected to make an impact this year for football. And uh, also uh, hear some of the comments from uh, new uh, Red Raiders starting quarterback Tyler Shuck as well. All right, so uh, here we are uh, on the cusp. We're like uh, just a little over a week away from uh, Tech's first game to open the season against Houston down in Houston. And I've already talked about what a, what an important game that is for Tech to to get a victory there. Uh, a lot of new a lot of new faces on the team this year, and so coming up here, we'll uh, discuss some of the, uh, the the players that you know the, the, some of the transfers that are in now, and the ones that stand out, and you know even incoming freshmen, just new guys, you know that you think are really uh, making an impact on this year's Texas Tech football team. But uh, probably I think most would agree that the the guy at the top of the list that has the uh, probably the greatest chance of making the greatest impact would be Tyler Shuck, who's now officially been named the starting quarterback. He's the transfer from Oregon, and uh, boy, he he certainly certainly looks the part for sure. Six five two twenty five. He's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, also does a really nice uh, corner or back shoulder fade with some touch. He's got nice high end speed. I'm not so sure about his elusiveness, but. Uh, he can get up and go when the pocket breaks down. He did. I saw he, there was one of those plays uh, in the scrimmage mm-hmm. last week where he took off running, and it, and it really kind of surprised me. Oh, uh, you know, I was like, okay, he's he's a lot the more talent is there. Yeah, all the way. Like he checks all the boxes. Yeah. Now the question is, yeah, everybody talks about you know he's experienced. And it's true. He started seven games last year. He played in a couple of games before that. That's not a lot. Right. I mean, think about it. I mean, compared to some of the other guys, uh, you know, even. In, in the conference, in the Big 12. So he, there's going to be some growing pains. He's going to throw some balls where you're like, why did you try and fit that in there? Because right. he's got such a strong arm. But, uh, I, I mean, what a talent upgrade. I mean, yeah. come on. And he really does. He is the kind of player just if he plays as advertised. I mean, it's one thing to look good in practice and all. Sure. But, you know, got to go out and produce the games. But, but there, that's a guy that, that could make a difference of a – Couple of couple of couple wins games. for Absolutely. you, right there. That's exactly yeah. how I see it. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. So, um, actually, uh, some some comments here from from Tyler Shuck. So uh, we'll uh, let you hear this, and get to know him, then we'll come back and discuss some of the other uh, impact players. I'm doing great. All right. Well, um, your transition here. We talked to you before you got to Tech. Now you went through spring, got in most of the spring. Um, still have a quarterback competition and all that, but how has your transition been uh, joining the Red Raiders? Um, it's been extremely smooth for me. I, the guys on the team have really embraced me and taken me in. Um, the coach has been great just about getting with me as far as the playbook, and, and I've kind of been just, for me, just kind of taking it upon myself to, to put in that extra work, to go the extra mile, to prepare myself, you know, on and off the field and in the in the in the playbook, um, in the weight room, just kind of just changing my body and finding areas to grow at. So. It, it's been really exciting, and I've loved it. I've loved every minute. How much has your like the body changed, and where have you grown so far? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I've gained you know ten plus pounds, and you know a lot of muscle um, from just being here. Um, my arm strength, I think, is just shot up just from the amount of arm care and shoulder stuff that we do here with Coach Schultz. I mean, he's the driving factor of it. He's also handles our nutrition, so just eating better. Um, it's been a huge factor for me, and then really just kind of. Um, just completely diving into football and the new offense here. I, I love, you know, doing that stuff. I love kind of taking bits and pieces of you know, all the offense coordinators I've had a chance to work with and 
um, a lot of different guys and coaches and players that I've worked with before and just kind of taking that and try to apply it here and help others, help other guys, but also ultimately get better at the end of the day. Good. What's been the biggest blessing for you in joining the Red Raiders? I think just like having relationships with the guys on the team. I think just meeting these guys and how how great great of people they are. Um, you know the, how hard they work. And they're, they're really they're really unselfish. You know they're going to do whatever it takes for the team. Um, and really just meeting these guys and the coaches and the kind of connections I've made here. I mean that's that's it's it, you can't put a price on it. So it's it's been awesome. Um, I'm obviously really excited for football season. I, I mean, I'm going to do everything I can. I have been doing everything I can to, to prepare myself and, and put wins on the board. But just when you're around a group of guys that you have a great relationship with and you have a great family, um, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of success. So, Well, you're in the locker room. You see what goes on. Uh, the Big 12 preseason poll, they got you ninth. Uh, obviously, you guys in the locker room uh, know way more than what people are putting out. Uh, how confident are you with this team? No, oh, I'm extremely confident. We don't really care about that stuff. I mean, that stuff... That doesn't really matter. Um, I think we have a whole new team. We have a whole new vibe um, coming in this year. Um, we're really pissed off, and we're really we, um, not because of that, but we're pissed off just for greatness. And we, we really a lot of guys are hungry. Um, so I think you know we don't really listen to that stuff, and we're just kind of working every day to get better and to really prove people wrong, but prove ourselves right because we have a lot of confidence in what we can do. Uh, well, how's your relationship with Sonny Cumby, and what are some of the things he's instilled? I mean, it's been great. I mean, I, my relationship with him has been probably, you know, the best I've had in my playing career just as far as him taking the time to, you know, talk to me off the field for, you know, hours on end. We talk about life, football, you know, school, girlfriends, just anything really. Just So it's been great just to be being able to, to, to put in the work with him. And, and he's going to coach everybody the same too. He'll get on. He'll get on your ass a little bit, but it doesn't really matter just because you know that everyone's going to get coached the same. But ultimately, at the day, end of the day, he's trying to get you better and trying to make you a better person. Um, so it's been really great, and his offense is really fun to play in, so it's been really fun. Well, fair or not, you've been billed by a lot as, like, a savior. Does that kind of pressure resonate with you? Like, do you feel that pressure or, or no? No, there's, no, there's no pressure at all. I mean, for me, that's this is what I love to do is play football and be around guys and come. And I wanted to come, I wanted to come here where there was, you know, a little bit of pressure to win. You know, we're not dumb, you know. Football and college football, you know, you have to win in order to stay where you're at. You have to win in order to have success and for people to love you or talk about you. But I don't really care what anybody else thinks or what they say other than the outside of this, this building and the guys on the team. Um, so, me, it's, it's been great just getting to know them and, and being able to, to lead certain guys and make relationships and, and learn a lot. So, I just think that's been the biggest kind of driving factor for me and 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 that kind of a part of it you know i really don't pay too much attention to it but really just kind of devoting myself to these guys coach Cumby mentioned earlier that uh he always checks with the recruits like you know are we doing what we said we were going to do in the recruitment process yeah. are they 100 percent and more i really? think they haven't they're not going to promise you anything i mean they I mean, not, they didn't promise me anything. I knew I came with a mindset that I'm gonna have to work and earn it and compete every single day because I know nothing's given in this in this um, in this business. Um, so, and really, it's just been a joy to, to get to know him. And like you say, Coach Cumby, he's been everything in the transfer portal process and more. He's a great human, great coach. Um, he's gonna inspire guys. So, um, I think any recruits out there who listening who want to come play for Tech or come play for Coach Cumby, go play for Coach Wells and Coach Falani and uh, Coach Farmer, um, Coach Smith, like and. It goes down the line. These guys are great guys, um, and they're going to put your uh, put their tail on the line for you. So, awesome. All right, great stuff. Sweet. Texas Tech yes. quarterback Tyler Shuck, thank you. Yeah, it's interesting to hear, you know, coming from a program like Oregon, 
who you know it's a, they've been a, a winning program for a long time and to hear him talk about how much like his arm strength and his nutrition the weight he's put on and all the different things i mean uh i, I was a little surprised to hear him say just all the glowing things he said not the tech wouldn't have something good at that but i'm just saying when you come from a program like oregon you know i, th- I thought it was interesting that he's so impressed with what tech is doing in those areas Ask to Add to that point, I asked Shadarius Townsend, came from Alabama, about that. Like, what's the difference between, you know, the strength programs? Because, of course, Alabama has pretty much every advantage, you know, and they spare no expense. And he said, like, Dave Scholes, the head strength coach, what he does a really good job at is finding out, like, basically what you're doing wrong with your lifestyle, whether it be not sleeping enough, not having the proper diet, you know, missing a certain body part or whatever, trying to get better in terms of burst of speed, all that kind of stuff. He's very good at isolating what you need to work on and then just turning it into your strength, like just crushing it. And so that's, he said, that's been the biggest difference is having that kind of one-on-one help. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's that's really interesting. He sounds like he does a great job. So now we're talking about, the, you know, as we're getting ready for the season here, some some of the new players, whether it be transfers or, you know, incoming freshmen or, or what, but guys that you think are going to make an impact. Let me just start by saying the guy, whether or not he makes a massive impact this year or not, but I think he's going to make an impact at some, part, uh, some point. But, man, Mason Tharp, the tight end, that guy. Man, I'm telling you, that scrimmage, uh, that he, that blew me away, man. Not only his size, was he, like 6'9"? 6'9", 255 huge guy. pounds. Yeah, and he can run, and he made that one-handed catch. I mean, that, that, that was the thing, that whole scrimmage right there that just, I, I was like, wow. And Tyler Shuck looks for his tight end. Like, he's a guy, he likes it. He threw to his tight ends at Oregon. Um, Tharp is obviously going to be... A big part of what they do, Coach Wells is already going on record saying not only is he going to play this year, but he's going to play in the opener. I think it's just a matter of time before he's, even if he doesn't actually start, he's yeah. the guy getting most of the reps. I like Kuntz, but he doesn't have, he doesn't pop off right. the screen or whatever. Yeah. You feel. When, when you see him play, I mean, when you see Tharp, you see a game changer, a game breaker. <clears throat> I mean, he's a guy that when I saw him, really, in that, that one-handed catch and way he, his speed mm-hmm. at that size, I mean, I was like, wow, how did Tech get this guy? Yeah. I mean, seriously. I no, mean, no. he looked yeah. that good. To me. And, and no disrespect to Tech. I'm just saying, you know, with the the way you know the team has been these last several years, to get a guy who just looks like he's that good. He it's, had I was a lot like, of options. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, he, he was offered by yeah. almost every team in the Big Twelve. You know, yeah. other than OU and UT, I think. Um, but you know, the way Tech is their identity, at least before when they started recruiting, was yeah. centered around the tight end and what they said they could do with him and. Coach Wells has said they were looking for uh, Iowa State type tight end, a guy who can be a game changer. They yeah. have to double. And when you look at this offense, when you look at an All Big Twelve receiver on the outside like Eric Azukama, who if you don't double, I don't care who you are. I don't know if there's a cornerback who can single cover easy for an entire game. I mean, he will torch you, especially yeah. now that you have a quarterback who can get the ball out deep to him. I mean, he is going to torch any single coverage. So that's going to leave guys like Mason Tharp. Uh, guys like Miles Price in the slot, too, and then yeah. the running backs out of the backfield with single coverage, and that's dangerous. And who can, what kind of, what corner can cover, I mean, as fast as uh, Tharp is for a Nobody guy that can big. can cover Tharp. I mean, that's how, the do, point. Yeah, how do you I guard mean, he's that? he's 6'9", 255, right. and he runs away from linebackers. Right. So, I, I mean, the, who I would put on him from Tech would probably be Marquise Waters, who I, yeah. who's 
just speaking of impact transfers, I think on the other side of the ball is probably going to be your biggest impact transfer. Right? He can do so many things. He can cover in the slot. He can. He's going to cover some tight ends. But six nine two fifty five. I don't think even he can consistently cover Mason Tharp. Um, he might even return kicks. He's going to be. He's going to be blitzing off the edge there from the slot. Uh, Marquise Waters is going to be a big deal. But I. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there is a. There's a guy out there. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Get somebody off the basketball team for, for a game. You know, right, yeah, you know. You, you know, get some pads. We need some high out there. Right. We got this six nine dude who's running away from a linebacker. So I, I really don't I think that is the point, yeah. you know, of a Mason Tharp is that yeah. there isn't a matchup out yeah. there. Um so and like I said, you pair pair him with a true game breaker like a EZ, and that's that's big problems. And that's why if you talk to people who really know around the Big Twelve, they're a little concerned. Yeah. I think the concern is okay, is or the thought is, is Shuck the real deal? Because if he is, Tech's going to be a problem because of their height. It's not just Tharp. Uh, Loic Fawanji, 6'4", he can run. He's got he's like, track he's, speed. You can tell he's put on some, yes. some muscle this year, too. Uh, J.J. Sparkman, I mean, I, I've seen him. He's an East Texas kid. And I've seen him draw comparisons uh, to Des Bryant in terms of his strength and ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's 6'4", he can run. You know, Most Tech fans haven't really seen him. Yet, mm-hmm. you know, and he is a, just a beast because he was hurt all year last year. <clears throat> Duran Bradley, 6'6", six, six, and he has a basketball background. And he mm-hmm. is like, watching him go up in the red zone is like a center posting up in basketball. Where the, you just like the inevitability of like, you can't do anything, right. you know, other than like deny him from the post. But he's still going to catch it, so you got to bring a double. So my point is, they're not going to be able to double all these guys. This the guy People in the Big 12 that know, know that... There's a potential out there for Tech to be a real problem because of all this size and potentially having a quarterback who could actually give him the ball. Yeah. And then, speaking of newcomers, what about uh, the receiving end of things, uh, the transfer? Is it Geiger? Galen Geiger, yeah. 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 You know what? I was really skeptical because I was just talking about all these really tall guys, and I was like, "Mm, you know, this guy, he doesn't look very impressive. He's 5'10", 180. He's not... He's not even the, like, I wouldn't even say he's one of the five fastest guys, but I saw his highlights. I was like, okay. You see his production? You're like, all right. And then I saw him just just ripping it up in practice yeah. where, like, those one-on-one drills. I mean, he's so quick. He's a very good route runner, and he brings experience. So he brings a lot of things that you don't have already, you know, which I like. I get it. Like, it makes sense why they brought him in. And right now, I think he's backing up, or he's in the mix with Trey Cleveland, who is another guy. He's a holdover from the previous regime, one of the only ones. Because he's six four, he can run, and you know he's a part of the culture. He's not a problem at all. He's a good yeah. dude, you know. So I, I really like the potential. It means they haven't done it yet, other than easy yeah. of the receiving core, plus with the new addition of like a guy like Mason Tharp. And yeah. That's not even. I don't know if he's gonna how much of an impact he's gonna make this year. But a Jed Castles, another right. true freshman guy who's put on some weight. He's not quite as big as mm-hmm. Mason Tharp, but he played receiver at Wichita Falls Rider. All right. Where he caught like 50 passes one year, where he was run like he was the primary receiver, and they were throwing like 50 yard uh, back shoulder for 40 yard uh, back shoulder face to him. Where who's he's six six, you know he's six yeah. six, about 235 pounds. He yeah, can run, big, yeah, yeah, you know. So that's another guy who's gonna he's gonna be a problem at some point. Is it gonna be this year? I don't know, but he's gonna be a problem in the Big 12 at some point. That's gonna be fun to see, like you know, with, with tight ends. I mean, they, it looks like more talent there because yeah. you always heard with Wells that was one of the things that. You know, and Yost was always talking about doing all the stuff with tight ends, and you never really saw a whole lot of anything. Well, you, you know, gotta, I mean, but you got to have the guys. You got to have the guys. It, you know? I mean, they but inherited they a roster do, that didn't now. have a tight end, basically, right, yeah. other than, you know, walk on fullbacks yeah. and play in short yard situations. Right. So that, that was like who they had. Yeah. You know, Coates was a four star guy. 
that had offered from Oklahoma. He chose yeah. he chose Tech in part because, you know, like you said, they're going to utilize it. Yeah. It just it didn't really materialize the way we we thought we were told. But they, it looks like they got enough talent there that now. surely oh, this yeah. year. We'll no, see there's no doubt that, in my mind that Mason Tharp is going to play a big role. Yeah. And I think the further we get in the season, the more he will. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, there's a lot of uh, there are a lot of exciting new faces, and I mean, I know we didn't mention a lot of these guys. Well, but, uh, I'm going to mention. Huh? Go ahead. Uh, the Stormit on the, on the line. Stormit, Stormit yeah. is, is he's enormous. He's like six seven, isn't he? He yeah. is, uh, and he's got a lot of experience. So that, second team All Big Twelve last year uh, for TCU. Uh, he's he's a really good player. You look in the secondary. I, here's a guy. I think he's going to be a household name in Texas Tech households. Uh, nobody's talking about is Reggie Pearson. I was just about to ask you about him. Okay. He was the biggest hitter on Wisconsin as a redshirt freshman. Started 13 games for them. Went to a big bowl game. I can't remember what it was. You know, he was the biggest hitter on a team, a program built on physicality. Think about that. Yeah. And he's healthy. And he's been flying around out there in practice. He's going to start next to Waters. He's going to be like I asked Coach Wells, "What are you going to do with Eric Monroe, who started every game?" He was a former four-star guy. He came over from LSU, who at the end of the year actually played pretty good for you. Yeah, he had uh, that rough thing against Kansas State he where he had yep. lack of effort. That After that, he turned it around. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, he was pretty solid. Yeah. But they don't even – like, that's my point is, like, now because of this infusion of these transfers and this talent, they don't know what to do with a guy like Eric Monroe. And that's – I mean, then you go to Rashad Williams, who started 10 games at UCLA, 6'2", probably going to be one of your best corners. Malik Dunlap, 6'4", 215, and by all accounts – Runs like a, you know, five ten guy cornerback. You know, I mean, he's he's a freak. Yeah. So they got him from NC State. I, I'm I'm really excited about what they've what they've added to to this team in terms of the transfer portal. And like I said, twenty four seven Sports had a had a story back in May by just you know a national guy just saying which teams made the biggest impact in the transfer portal, mm-hmm. and it was Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Florida State, Miami. Texas Tech, yeah, and TCU. It's like, hmm, you know. But even TCU yeah. has had a lot more success here recently than Texas Tech. It's like, who doesn't belong? You would think, you know, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the kind of yeah. impact they've made in transfer portal, and those are the kind of guys that are going to be making a huge impact this season. Pier- Pearson uh, played in Wisconsin Rose Bowl against Oregon. There you go. All right, there you go. There you go. But yeah, it's uh, it is exciting to see all the guys. That, I mean, guys with experience and size and you know talent level that looks like they can compete. Like yeah, that just to have, we haven't seen around here. I mean, just quite yeah. honestly, you know that these guys are bringing. Yeah, well, it's it's exciting. I mean, there there are a lot of new faces, and that's what's going to be fun to watch uh, in this first game for sure. To see those guys and see how they, you know, what you know how they look like in, in game time. You know, so I'm looking forward to that. All right, uh, coming up next. Uh, Pete takes a look at the, the high schools around the area, getting ready for football to return to the 806. I guess actually some games last night, and uh, obviously more coming up tonight. And this is this is like your your busy time of the year. This man, is the busy time. So we'll, you are the man when it comes to oh, high school football. Oh, you I'm are a man. Uh, no, you are the, the man. man. Well, I, I know everything about uh, high school football in the South Plains. So uh, we'll uh, get you all updated on that too, because you know there's going to be it's exciting too when high school football season gets here, because you know. It is. It's like the the future. I mean, you know, you're you watch a lot of these games, and there's players that are gonna gonna emerge this season yeah. that could end up playing for Tech or something. You know, it's just always fun to see the, the the future like that. The best thing about Texas high school football, and I've covered it all over the state, is that you never know when you show up to a game like 
what new star you're going to see that you've never heard of before. Yeah. Even in this day and age where yeah. we cover recruiting like crazy, there's so much talent in the state that you can show up and see some guy you never heard of that's going to end up being some star in yeah. college football, and that's exciting. Well, we'll talk some high school football coming up next on the Red Raider Outfitter Rocking Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. The future is here. Wow, all right, the future is here. Man, high school football and the uh, future stars emerging and the man that knows all about high school football. Pete man, Kirsten. I was gridiron giddy last night. We had about, <laughs> we had about seven <laughs> games. I, mean, I was geeked up. I was super pumped uh, high school football's back. So we're going to look at the LISD schools and Lubbock Cooper uh, today. But, man, we cover 80 high schools. And, I mean, I went and visited 75 of them. Uh, from July to now, and uh, man, of course, everybody was zero and zero going into last night. Everybody's got high hopes, but uh, start with Monterey. Uh, you know, Wayne Hutchinson came in. Uh, he's been here quite a while now, but he won a couple state titles out at Stamford, and uh, uh, last night uh, they started the season and they beat Odessa, thirty-two twenty-seven. So, uh, the, uh, kudos to the Plainsmen getting things started. But when I got to talk to him. You know, the, the year didn't go like they wanted last year. So I asked him, uh, you know, what's the difference this year as they prepare for the always tough schedule they have? Yeah, so this year we're doing something. We did something a little different. We didn't go through spring football, and, and we saved uh, uh, a chance to get two scrimmages in the fall. And, uh, you know, we started on August the 2nd. I uh, feel like it was the best thing that we've done since I've been here. I uh, feel like we're way ahead of where we should be. Uh, you know, going into our first ball game, uh, so I think we've improved uh, with our, especially with our offensive line. We have a very young offensive line, but very big. And uh, from day one, we feel like we've gotten better every day. We scrimmaged uh, Midland Lead two times or Mid Midland Legacy now, uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, we were looking to get a really hard physical scrimmage uh, to to get some of these young kids uh, a taste of what it's like to play a very physical team, and. Uh, be honest with you, I thought our kids stepped up to the plate the last two weeks, and, and I felt like we were physical. So I think we've gotten some really good out of our scrimmages. We feel like we're in a good place offensively. I thought this last week defensively we played really well against Midland as well. Uh, you know, we got in a scrimmage. Uh, they beat us 24 nothing. but, you know, when you go back and look at the film, we had a touchdown call back. We had some momentum uh, kind of stalled out with penalties. But overall, I uh, really like where our team is at. Yeah, and last night they jump out to a 20 to nothing lead on Odessa, and then Odessa came back. It was 26-20 Monterey, and then they rip off like a 75-yard touchdown with about two minutes left, and and go on to win it, uh, you know, 32-27. So uh, Plainsmen uh, off to a good start. Lubbock High, uh, man, uh, I love Shane Steven out there, uh, the man with two first names, and uh, you know he he dropped the P word to me this year, and and that's playoffs, and. I think they've been to the playoffs one time in 40 years, and uh, you know they got to a 2-0 and start last year, and then COVID hit. They had to cancel some games, so uh, they feel pretty good this year. Tonight, they go out to Borger and take on the Borger Bulldogs, but uh, I talked to Coach Steven about the strengths of the Westerners. The strength of this team this year, I would like to say it's our offensive and defensive line, you would hope. I mean, I, I believe that's where it all begins, although this team has a lot of a lot of good things going forward. I like the way Johnny, our quarterback, is throwing the ball right now and directing the team. And Keith's running the ball hard. Uh, on the defensive side, the linebackers uh, are working on their fits, and uh, it seems like in the secondary we have a couple ball hawks this year. So 
Uh, overall, I, I'm excited to see some live uh, bullets fly around and uh, see how we respond. Uh, Lubba Cooper, I mean, man, probably one of the best teams in the area. They went 13-1 a couple years ago, 11-2 last year. I mean, they should have beat Alito a couple years ago. The fumble that, uh, you know, they didn't have instant replay. You would have seen it was a fumble. But, uh, man, they're, they're loaded again this year. And uh, Chip Darden does a phenomenal job out there. Uh, tonight they host Andrews, 7 o'clock. A lot of these games uh, are starting at 7 o'clock now, which we like. Uh, because then they're done before 10 when we get on the air. But uh, I talked to Coach Darden about how their non-district schedule prepares them for district and then sets them up for always a great gridiron grind in the playoffs. Yeah, so our non-district, we think, sets us up really well for district and then specifically playoffs if we're fortunate enough to get there. Um, You know, Andrews, for one, is consistently – one of the best if not the best team in our area of any classification they're just a solid program um, and then we go three in a row that it really doesn't matter um, I think I told somebody the other day that the, our fourth of you know we go Coronado Friendship Monterey if if we go into Monterey 0-4 and, and Monterey's 0-4 it's a huge game it doesn't doesn't matter for 4-0 0-4 and so um, we think those all those back-to-back is setting us up for playoffs where if you have a letdown you're going to get beat, and and that's good in non-district that we're able to practice that a little bit and, and get the feel for it, get the feel for the big atmosphere, the big crowds. Um, and then we finish it off with a long road trip to El Paso. We'll play El Paso Hanks. So um, we think a lot of kind of some different styles too. We're, we're pretty big on that. We like to play some teams that will give us different looks. Um, that way we're kind of prepared for anything when district and playoffs roll around. And uh, Coach Darden told me, you know, they, they go so deep in the playoffs every year, uh, you know, you got to explain that if they only go four rounds deep, uh, it's not, you know, a, a bust of a season. I mean, we're not saying that we've got to go five rounds to make it a good season. We've got to play Alito. I mean, they go deep every year, so uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do tonight against Andrews. Friendship, uh, Coach Jay Northcutt, uh, they are home tonight, taking on Coronado. We'll hear from Coronado's new coach in a couple minutes, but uh, Coach Northcutt uh, talked about how the district lines up for them. Of course, they're our lone 6A team around here. You know, our district is, is always tough, Pete, uh, and I don't expect anything you know less this year. We'll open up with uh, San Angelo Central at their place and, and then you know run the gauntlet of 026A. And so, uh, as usual, I, I think it's going to be a tough uh, district, and uh, we're ready to get in there and see how we do. Yeah, a big one tonight. Uh, I expect a huge crowd out there. You know, with last year you were limited on fans. Uh, I expect uh, a lot of people to be out in Wolferth tonight. Coronado at Friendship at 7 o'clock. Estacado, love me some Joe Cluley out there. The Matadors uh, went 5-7 and seven last year, but, man, they had such a difficult schedule. And, and this year they have that same schedule. They open the night hosting Midland Greenwood, 7 o'clock at Plains Capital Park, Lowry Field. And, uh, you know, something he always preaches is family. And, uh, you know, they, have the, they, they invite kids to come over to their house. They have dinner. They talk a little football, but they talk about life. And, and, and Coach Cluley is so invested in those kids. And sometimes you hear the word family and you're like, yeah, what, I mean, I, am I really in a family? It is a family out there. And, and he talked about that, the hashtag family. 
We do. You know, it's it to me, it's it's an all-encompassing thing. What that means is my immediate family, with my family here on the field, with this family in this community and this school, and talk about Miss Wilbanks, and everyone is bought into it. And I feel like when you're together, even fa family members fight, family members have arguments, but in the end, we all have each other's back. And I think that's the biggest message with family is no matter what happens, no matter whose fault it is, let's get over it, let's support each other, and let's move on. And then finally, Coronado, a DJ man coming back to Lubbock uh, to his alma mater to coach the Coronado Mustangs. He was at uh, Cedar Hill. I think he was the recruiting coordinator because then I saw a lot of people, we don't have, really have those around here. That's big in the Metroplex. And people are like, well, how can they have a recruiting coordinator in high school? You can't recruit. Well, he, he, I, I'm going to tell you exactly what he did. He got here to Lubbock checked out his kids. He has one kid on the team, Caleb Pillow, who's an outstanding young man. He walked into school, called Kansas, walked into a classroom, said, sorry to interrupt, put Caleb Pillow on the phone, and he got his first offer from Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, that's what he's doing. He knows all these coaches, college coaches. He's He is all about getting the 806 herd. He thinks in other parts, and it's true, in other parts of Texas, they look down on West Texas. He is here to get the respect, not only for Lubbock Cooper, or Lubbock Coronado, but all the area's kids, because we got a lot of great kids in the 806, and he talked about earning that respect. That's a big thing. That's, that's one of the reasons why I'm here. I feel like there's very good ball players here. We have the Texas Gatorade Player of the Year here at Lubbock Coronado in, in Sawyer Robertson. Uh, Cooper's got one of the top linebackers in the state. Friendship has some of the top offensive linemen in the state so it's really important to me that we come out and we win games and we beat the Alitos of the world we beat the Denton Ryans we beat the Red Oaks uh, you know we, we, we beat the the Midland schools if you know if your friendship so you know just getting our respect in this area is something that's very important to me all right good stuff there high school football back tonight and uh, Pete will have all the yeah. still the, the end zone end zone and, uh, name of the show we're super busy I, I started that in 95 and uh, we try to have more highlights than anybody, and we always do because uh, you know, we're just we're invested. We we love we love it, and uh, you know I got my little scratch pad of games, and hey, we're going to go here tonight and here, and can I get highlights of here? And uh, you know my blood pressure raises up, but man, you know when you're invested, you want to do it right. So That's right. Here we go. Another well, check year. it out on uh, Channel 11 tonight. Get all the scores on the end zone with Pete and his uh, and his team there. All right, when we come back. We'll talk some Texas Tech basketball. Uh, maybe speculate on who the starting five might be for Mark Adams' first team here and which players do we see making the biggest impact. Starting five. All right, yeah, basketball will be here before you know it. And uh, Mark Adams' first team, and, you know, he, boy, he has been uh, – you guys have been working hard. But can he recruit? Yeah, Everyone can he recruit? Said, uh, I know, yeah. Okay, he got some good guards and a bunch of 6'6 six, six guys. But can they recruit can big recruit, guys? Right. Oh, well, they recruited two of the best big guys in the portal. This Okay, I guess he can recruit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's uh, So, no, it's, uh, man, almost uh, an entirely new roster. I mean, I guess you've got, uh, was it four guys still? The returners? Is yeah. It, I think it's about four. But, uh uh, but, yeah, a lot of newcomers to get to know for uh, Mark M's first uh, Red Raider basketball team here. But let's just start, though, you know, as far as the starting five. As of now, we don't know a whole lot. You know, haven't had a chance to see a lot of these guys play your thing. But who, just an idea. This wasn't going into it, but let's each name a starter and whoever can start. And then the fifth one we could debate. Go ahead, Pete. Well, I, I mean, I think for I mean, without doubt, Kevin McCullough starts. Okay. Without doubt. Okay. Um, gosh, that's who I, that that would have been my my first choice right there. I think there are right two there. for sure. Well, Shannon, right? right. You want to throw Those Shannon out there? Okay, sure. yeah, Shannon, yeah. For sure, okay. Sean. Uh, are you surprised he came back? 
because I really thought he was probably gone. The the NIL, was some of his bit. NIL possibilities helped, and just the fact yeah. that it was he was going to be, you know, he was going to slide. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I look when Ramsey left, I was like, it made when, you know, it, it made sense when Jared Culver, all those guys. I was like, look, this is this makes sense. Right. Right. Shannon could really come back and improve his stock. I yeah. really believe that yeah. for a number of reasons. So yeah. it made sense for him to come back. I'm yeah. not one of those guys who are like, oh, you should come back for sure and enjoy the college experience. No, <laughs> you can go be a multimillionaire. Go do it. You know what I mean? I understand. Uh, no, it made sense for Shannon to come back. I think he can uh, improve his stock. I think Tech can win pretty big this year. I think they have a good chance to have a good team. And, uh, you know, I think he could show he could improve in some areas that will raise his draft stock. All right. So what, what about you, Sean? Who, who's the third starter? Uh, I want to say Davion Warren. Okay. Wow, y'all left the two, to me, like, the two guys perhaps I'm most excited about, uh, Kevin O'Banner, and I don't see how Bryson Williams doesn't start, too. Ooh. You know, those two big men. I mean, you're talking about two 18.6 rebound type guys. Kevin O'Banner had one of the very best performance individual performances in the NCAA tournament for Oral Roberts uh, last year so I, and he is a bona fide uh, he is a terror in the pick and pop pick and roll game in terms of like pick your poison because if you don't cover him if he if he you know uh, screen sets the screen and pops out to the three-point line I mean he uh, he's probably Tech's best shooter so I who's your six man Warren God, there's a bunch of Well, man. Warren's probably going to start, right? Okay. Oh, do we, we say, say Warren? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you sure Warren? I mean, he's a 20 point scorer yeah. in Division One. Low. I think he yeah. starts. Um, you got Agbo. KJ Allen, maybe? KJ Allen. You got uh, Adonis Arms, who we've had on the show. Uh, he's a, I mean, he's a bona fide six six dude. I, I think they're going to play a lot of guys, honestly, because I think they want to do up tempo. They're going to press some, all that. Um, that's going to be a point of emphasis. But uh, you know, Bryson Williams is a guy you could throw down. In the block, and he can get you 15 points a night, even in a in a on a team like this. You know, what's funny is that you know Marcus Santos Silva. Now it's like there's yeah. a guy that was a key part of last year's team, and this year they brought in so many you know big he's guys. He's the tenth guy we're mentioning. And, you know, yeah, like, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and he's like, it's like really. I mean, man, he was good last year. And he's gonna play. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I'm forgetting. Uh, Chibuzo Agbo. Yeah, who's there? the dude from Louisiana? Um, uh, Malik Wilson. Yes, yeah. that guy's a good. He's a baller, man. He's a double-digit Division One scorer and very good defender. All that. Have you mentioned uh, Sadar Calhoun yet? Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> and the, the most improved guy last year, Nadalny. Nadalny, and he's going to be coming off injury. You know, yeah, I was going to say he's. Yeah. pictures have been him on crutches and everything. Uh, you know, I can't remember exactly what. Obviously, it's a lower leg injury, but uh, you know, I. He, the hope is that he'll be back for the season, um, but he is the kind of guy that can be the, you know, I don't want to use a cliche, but he can be out front in terms of being an aggressive defender on, on, uh, as a point guard of your press, and he also has shown an ability to penetrate and be a facilitator. So if he could ever consistently knock down an outside shot, which he, I mean, he was hit or miss last year, but if he could ever do it on a consistent basis, then yeah, he could really, his playing time is going to increase. You think you're going to much playing time from Ethan Duncan this year? No. No, I did not. I'm not meaning. No, I just I I matter of fact, yeah. No, I, I figured that's probably probably safe. There's but I mean, so he's a freshman. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I, I like him. I yeah. like his I like his potential. I mean, anybody can shoot like that. <clears throat> right. He's just crosses half court. And he's a he's a threat. No matter who he's playing against, you know, uh, is somebody who has a future. But 
Like all this death we're talking about, I mean, this is unbelievable. Do we bring it? Do we say Adonis Arms already? Yes. Okay. okay. I, he's going to be like sixth or seventh man. Yeah. man. I mean, just because he can do so many things on both ends of the court, he's the kind of guy who's going to be one of your best <clears throat> perimeter defenders. He's a good rebounder, and he can get out on the break and finish too. So, all right, man. I tell you, it's it, it for things that seem so gloomy. You know, last year when the obvious happened. Oh, yeah. And now to see what this roster looks like now, I mean, this, this roster look at could, back. Be, could be as good as anything that the the previous administration no. put together, really. This team is more talented than last year. I yeah. Mean, to me, it I, looks like I, it. I try and debate that. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if, if you saw Kevin O'Banner play in the tournament last year. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I mean, he averaged 20 and 11, you know, in three, <laughs> I, I guess. Ohio State against uh, Florida, you know, and then uh, he played Arkansas really tough, too. I yeah. Mean, I think he had – that was his worst game in the I think, tournament. Was I think he had 12 Ar- points in 12 that game, points, didn't he? 12 points, 11 assists, and 5 blocks. And, and that, that was, was his worst. worst game. He had 30 <laughs> and 11 against Ohio State. All right? So this dude can play. Uh, and then Bryson Williams for UTEP, like I said, 18 points, 6 rebounds. And these guys are efficient players, and that's what I really want. Because some of these stats can be inflated, but we're talking about – Shooting 50% from the field, shooting over 40% from deep, shooting 80-plus from the free throw line, not turning the ball over a lot, not being liabilities on the defensive end. Uh, though, O'Banner, I wouldn't categorize him as like just a lockdown defender. I mean, he's got length and athleticism, yeah. but if there were if there was a weakness to his team, which he came to the right place, right, to improve right. the defense, yeah. uh, that would be what I would say because he's such a talented offensive player. But like a Davion Warren, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Guy's a walking double double. Um, he, I uh, could score all three levels. You, uh, you look at uh, like I said, Donis Arms, Shannon. I, I, he's, I think he's one of the best players in the in the Big Twelve. But Color does a little bit of everything. You just go down the list. Santa Silva. I mean, he's an experienced guy. Agbo right. has shown potential. Uh, has a bright future as a as a stretch four kind of player. So, really so The only guy I think we on the roster we haven't even mentioned is uh, the six eleven guy, Daniel Bacho. You know what? I, well, I was at one of these practices and I saw him walking down the street, down there right off. Uh, it's the highway there, uh, and I was like, "Man, I, somebody get this guy a ride." You're a seven foot, big time recruit coming in to play basketball. At least give him a golf cart or something. I mean, this day can't be a violation. Get him a spo- sponsor. This dude a scooter, a lime scooter or something. You know what I mean? I would he, he, may, he may be too big for a lime. That's scooter. true. Yeah, what kind of golf yeah. cart or something? Okay, get him an SUV. Right? They were doing it under the table before, not tag, but just in general. Right, right. Uh, anyways, you know, get him one of these. Uh, dealerships to get an NIL deal and sponsor me. This dude go. shouldn't be walking down the highway to go give him, you know, something to eat or something. He should be. Able, he should have. Oh, a with ride. those strides he has, it probably didn't take him as long as it would take me. I mean, seven you know, foot so, bridge yeah. dude is kind of. I mean, like there was no doubt who it was. You know, I was like right. I started to, and I was like, eh, I don't. I mean, they might get mad at me for talking to this dude. You know, but yeah. I felt bad. Like, jeez, don't get hurt, don't get hit or anything. You know, like, don't, don't trip and fall. You know, I, not too many seven footers out there. You know, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, now, does he guy? Do you, you know? Is he somebody you think? Is not ready much. to play yet, or is he going to be much. another one of those? He needs to uh, come on. And like I said, I mean, with O'Banner, you already mentioned uh, Santa Silva, yeah. Bryson Williams, Agbo. I mean, that's that's four bigs right yeah. there that I think are ahead of him. All right. All right. Well, like I said, it'll be tech basketball season before you know it, man. Time flies when you're having fun, right? So, uh, yeah, that's, I guess what's it, November? November? Yeah. Yep. All right. When we come back here, um, it is uh, Red Raiders on the football team who – you know, 
I, I guess it's always hard to predict who might end up in the transfer portal. I mean, who knows these days? It's it's crazy with uh, what what could happen. But with the uh, influx of uh, you know transfers this year, are there guys on the team that you know you think are you know before these uh, the the transfer guys came in, are there guys that might have been a significant contribution this upcoming season, and now are going to find themselves you know on the bench a lot more and might say you know what I just want to play and end up up transferring this so. is an interesting discussion and it's obviously a sean dylan special just like the two sides of sean where he uh, asked those questions of uh kirby hoka where he thanked him for it and everything and now the other side is like let's come up with who's probably leaving who's probably going to be, be taken off and not going to get playing time before the season even starts this isn't like oh we've seen a couple games and you know maverick he's not getting any reps he's probably gone this is before the season, these guys these guys are out of here. So this is a Sean Dillon special. I think it's a good idea, though. It's an interesting, it'll be an interesting discussion. The infamous segment five of the show. Yeah, the Sean Dillon special. Can't help All right, Can't all, right. Help. all right, all right, man. You're you're a tough uh, you're a tough crowd, Sean. I'm evil. Make a play or you're gone. <laughs> That's yeah. a little rough. Man, Sean, what? Yeah, co- Sean. coming on the heels uh, this year. Sean. Last year's Sean segment of. Will Tech win the bowl game? The game they haven't gone to yet. That was so it popular hears. that that, yeah. that uh, we've we've come back with another one here. So this wow. is a make or play or you're gone. Dark. Make no. a play or you're gone. <laughs> no, that that yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's a little threatening. You actually, think you're gonna Sean, uh, you know? make T-shirts out of that? <laughs> yeah. You know, make like now it's personal. <laughs> make a play or you're gone. <laughs> that's All the right. new T-shirt. I want to see it. Rip it or outfitter. Make a play or you're gone. <laughs> I'd buy one of those probably. If, I would know, too. I was like, yeah. this may be a thing. I'll yeah, make, make a player. Play you're gone. You're gone. Steven, get yeah. on that. Yeah, that's that could be that could be a, a that could be a big seller right there. All right. So um that that's a, it is a rather dark, threatening way of saying, you know, who are some guys maybe that uh, you know, before the influx of all these uh, transfers that came in, especially on defense, you know, some guys maybe that are on the team that were before then would be expected to be Contributors, I don't know if key contributors, but you know, guys that probably would have got some playing time and now have been uh, relegated to, you know, maybe a third team situation now, as opposed to being a, even a second team or something. You know, they're just going to see a little bit less. I'm trying to think time, about who you know? that would be on defense. Because yeah. I mean, come on, those linebackers are all studs. I mean, Christian's still playing, Rico's still playing. Those guys are all Big Twelve caliber. Like nobody's yeah. unhappy that Colin Schooler joined. Everybody likes Colin Schooler. Why wouldn't you? All that dude does is make plays and not complain and kick butt. I mean, I, what's the guy? Me Ten more of those guys. You what's know? A, is it Dadrian Taylor? Yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, I, that's a he's a perfect example. But you yeah. know what? Be better than. Right. You know what I mean? Make right. a play or you're gone. You know, right. Yeah. You know. yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Rabbit, Rabbit is, I'm going to use that all year. That's great. I love it. <laughs> Make a play or you're gone, dang it. Uh, no, uh, you know, they like him, though. Um, they recruited him out of Oklahoma, which mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the guys on the staff, the coaching staff, are from Oklahoma. They call him Rabbit. He was a like historically good or productive running back on a state championship team there. Yeah. So he never played DB. So it's kind of, you know, he's progressing. But is he as good as Reggie Pearson? Nope. Is he as good as Marquise Waters? Nope. Right. So, I mean, he's going to play. He's going to have opportunity as a return man. He's going to have opportunity. Uh, there's going to be attrition. They're going to need him to play. All that. So, like, all these guys, like, I'm trying to think, like, even, uh, you know, DeMarcus Fields isn't losing his spot. He's going to play. He's one of the uh, – he led the Big 12 in uh, pass breakups last but year. But Adrian Fry. He's going to play, but, again, be better. 
Right. You know, if you play at the at the level you did as a freshman, you're probably going to play a lot. If you don't, don't make a play. Get out of here. You're gone. You know. So, I mean, that's just the way it is. I, right, I just, yeah. they're going to need like they don't have enough depth still, even with the influx. I mean, they have six cornerbacks, and a couple of them are young that they like. Yeah. Um, see, uh, Nate Floyd. I've always I liked him in the recruiting process, uh, and Kobe Miner two DBs they really like. And when I've seen them, I, sometimes you hear the coaches say that, and you're like, oh, okay, well, they're just saying that to kind of pick these guys up. But one of the things, like I know a lot of times coaches get paranoid about allowing access to media, but the flip side of that is we get to actually see what you're talking about, mm-hmm. and we get to confirm, confirm those positive things, not just take it as gospel. Right. And I saw both those guys make plays several days I was out there yeah. in terms of Nate Floyd and Kobe Miner. I get what they're saying in terms of these guys have potential and they're going to have to play mm-hmm. this year. So there's not enough depth. I mean, you have a guy like trying to think uh, some of these linebackers aren't going to get to play that normally would be, like, would be featuring them in our preview. Right. You know? right. yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. This is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about freshmen, um, guys that uh, uh, you you need to develop. You don't need to be thrown out there. Like I thought Jordan Brooks actually didn't help him that he got thrown. And, and we had discussions about it. That I mean, like when they when they went out to Arizona State and what's his name? Uh, Balage. Balage ran, ran for twenty for touchdowns yeah, or whatever. Right. You know, I mean that didn't help him. You know, right, like I, right. that didn't help him. You know that that was that was tough. Yeah. He had to overcome that. You know, um, the experience he got in developing in the program helped him to where you know now he's one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. But that mm-hmm. getting thrown on the fire and getting your butt kicked and humiliated doesn't. I mean. That, you don't. You don't have to have that. You know. Right. You could just develop like other Power Five programs uh, have going on, and that's what they're doing right now. So I don't. I don't think it's a problem, especially on defense. Now receiver, you know. I mean, there. I if you're if you're an inside receiver like a McLean Mannix, Miles Price, Dalton Rigdon, like all three of those guys have been fantastic this mm-hmm. this offseason. Like like really consistently good, and then all three of them have shown me explosiveness, explosive plays. So. I mean, if you're, let's just say hypothetically, Dalton Rigdon, and you're the third guy to go in as an inside receiver, you know, you have a gripe, a legitimate gripe. But then again, I mean, Miles Price and McLean Mannix have been two of the better players, period, on your roster in, in camp. So that becomes, that falls on uh, Sonny Cumbie to find a way to get those guys in at the same time, play two of them at a time. And then, like I said, though, guys are going to get hurt. So, I mean, it's, that's just the truth That's of, the, football, of, of yeah. the sport, you know. So all those guys are gonna are gonna get a chance to eat, as they like to say. And then then there's running back, right? And that's where that's yeah. where I think like, I don't think Xavier White's gonna transfer. This is hometown. I mean, they give they give him off gave him an opportunity here. I I think they're gonna feature him some. But like a Chadarius Townsend, where does he fit in? Right. I mean, I, but then again, this is his last year, right? I believe this is his last year. He's a okay. super senior, so I yeah. you know this is it. So you have Sir Roderick. I know they like Taj Brooks is kind of the heir apparent, but then Cameron Cameron Valdez, I mean, as just a natural runner, he may not know all the, the protections and the scheme and everything, but as a pure runner, I mean, he's up there with Sir Roderick as the yeah. best on your on your team. Yeah, right. with Sir Roderick being, I mean, he's been somewhat injury prone since he's been here, so you know there's going to be opportunities for that's even been for the a biggest crowded thing. running back. If Sir Roger yeah. could just stay healthy, I mean, I think he yeah. would be looked at as one of the better running backs mm-hmm. in the Big Twelve. I really do. Yeah, I mean, he, he needs to suit up for the scrimmage. Yeah, I guess they were. Yeah, he, I think they're just keeping him out as more of a precaution there, probably. But no, I mean, I think he legitimately is a game time decision. I know they were waiting on an X ray, but uh, I, he's going to play. Like, I feel like he'll be available by the time they play Texas and Austin. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what they're saying. You know, um, he hadn't had any major setbacks. 
but is he going to be available for that Houston game? Right. I don't know. Yeah. You know, so if he doesn't play for Houston, I bet he doesn't play against Stephen F. Austin. But why risk it? Play yeah. him against FIU to get ready for Big Twelve. You know, so right. that's that just seems like the logical timetable yeah. there. All right. So uh, again, we were talking about transfers on any team anywhere in college football. Quarterback is well, probably yeah. it's like that's the that's the room where. Uh, if anybody's going to transfer out, it, <laughs> you count on a quarterback almost every team every year, you know, transferring. But I'm shocked Maverick hasn't transferred. I don't know his yeah. exact situation, but I was shocked he's a sophomore. Hadn't he been here like six years? Well, that's how everybody. Yeah, I know it's so over. crazy. Yeah, you know what's crazy is like people are like, oh, maybe he's not healthy, and they like just the way the drills are. Sometimes they'll have the quarterbacks uh, like just line like split out at receiver for just one drill, you know, while the receivers are doing something else. And I saw him run a route, and he made this great fingertip catch like 40 yards down the field and i was like man, this guy's athletic you know and then you'll see him throw a pass where it's like it's just money the arm strength is there he can fit it in the tight windows but then you'll see four passes against air that are inaccurate you're like okay yeah. and he just kind of shrugs it off like whatever and i'm like yeah. okay you know i get it right, you know right. it's, it's tough man it's tough to be a power five starting quarterback or even a backup uh, a lot of competition. There's more competition there than ever right now. So beyond Maverick, you start looking at this is really, I think, what, if you're looking into the future, is what's going to happen with the Donovan Smith, uh, Baron Morton competition. Right, yeah. Because both those guys have, what, four years of eligibility? I guess uh, Baron could play four games in redshirt this year. He could play in four games mm-hmm. and still redshirt and then have four years of eligibility. So speaking right. of being here forever. Like, yeah. you know? So, uh, But, I mean, even Tyler Shuck has three years of eligibility remaining. I know it sounds crazy. So the thing with him is, if he has a, a really great year, he certainly would be a, a, a an oh, yeah. NFL. I mean, if they win eight or nine games and he's playing, and he tears it up. Why wouldn't you go? Right. You know, I mean, right. there's been scouts out there. I mean, I've seen like the Jets, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, the Bears. I know I'm leaving people out. The Bengals and the Browns. Bengals and the Browns. Anybody in the NFC East other than the Cowboys isn't worth mentioning. Um, <laughs> so I can't think of anybody else though. But uh, they're you know they've been out there. Easy's definitely a part of it because he's mm-hmm. I mean he's going to be in the league. But uh, Shuck is a big part of it too. Yeah. I know Sir Roger's been getting some looks as well. And then you got a couple offensive linemen and Storman and Deaton that are going to get opportunity. I don't know if they'll be drafted or not. Right. So I mean, right. but Shuck has that kind of star power you're talking about yeah. that, and there's it's definitely a possibility I mean Mel Kuyper mentioned him as a possibility uh, of going right after the draft last year this last draft so I mean yes it's a very it's a very real possibility so mm-hmm. that's when you get into if Baron Morton wins that competition a year or two years down whenever it is you know does Donovan Smith leave even if his dad is still a, a coach here right. at Tech you know like how, how does that play out or yeah. how long is Baron Morton willing to be patient I know he's a West Texan but that dude is talented you yeah. saw him in the scrimmage I mean you watch I, I could watch him throw all day right. that quick release he has I mean I it, it's it's just entertaining I love football mm-hmm. so I, I that's to me that's the competition of Who's going to make a play or, or get yeah, out of here? Gone, yeah, will be gone, you know, between those guys. That's going to be – or will we have the rare situation where we have two guys that are willing to compete, like we saw like a, a la Sonny Cumbie, wait your turn, be handed the keys, and then, you know, go beat Aaron Rodgers in a bowl game, yeah. you know, set records and stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll, could we have a rare situation with one of those guys? Who knows? Who knows? That's right. It's all speculation. That's the fun about talking sports, though, because about 90% of it is speculation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, yeah, just remember, make a play or you're gone. gone. All right. I, I really think there's that, 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 there's that'd potential. be a hell of a shirt yeah. right there, man. I, I, I like it, Sean. I get on it. 
Uh, <laughs> upon further review, Make those shirts. Yes, the the the, uh, the name of the segment will stand. So very good. All right, we come back here. It is time for a recruiting update. Um, always, man, this is uh, yeah. We have been weeks without a without a good good re- recruiting update. So we'll get y'all caught up. Uh, football recruiting inside the Red Raiders. Uh, Jared Johnson with all you need to know about Texas Tech football recruiting here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beers. Inside the Red Raiders recruiting news, football. All right, yeah, it's time to uh, get back after a long summer. There's, you know, recruiting never stops, of course, but, man, just take it, Jared. Educate us. <laughs> Well, you know, make a uh, player, you're gone. It's, it, you're right. I know. I feel the pressure, man. Dang. Uh, that, you know what? That puts things in perspective. It really does. Yeah, I, like, that's, that's for any of us in our jobs, really. It's, you know, it's it's the key to life. I mean, you got to make a play. You got to step up. That's keep showing right. up, or uh, yeah, you're gone. Somebody else will step in. Uh, you know, look. I, this is something I've been fighting. Um, for one, I wasn't. Uh, I had some personal things going on, so I took a leave. So I wasn't here for one of the biggest recruiting months in the history of college. Uh, football, uh, which was when the dead period, recruiting dead period ended. It was 15 months because of COVID. You know, yeah. going back to our first segment, uh, that I mean, that was disrupted about as much as anything. I know it's a small bubble there; it's not yeah. that big a deal compared to a lot of other things. But <laughs> in my world, it was a big deal that yeah. there was no in-person recruiting for 15 months. Yeah. So when things opened back up, it was like it was a mad rush, man. Like, uh, in talking with some people on the tech staff, just it was the craziest month like they've ever had. I mean, it was like whatever your busiest time at work is, that's what it was, but like on steroids because wow. all these kids have been wanting to see, go out and see these uh, universities, of course, yeah. possible future homes and visit facilities and all that, and they couldn't. And so then when they could, you know, I mean, it was just a mad rush. And, you know, tech had a lot of success. Um, look, people – Look at the recruiting rankings. Right now, they're 77th in the country and 10th in the Big 12. That is their high school recruiting, all right? And that is not good. I'm not going to pretend like that's great. But uh, that's just part of the story, okay? I'm going to talk about the successes here in a minute in terms of who they actually landed, high targets they got that they, that they want, um, and why. I talked to these guys, and they're, they, you know, they told me why. But before I do that, I want to explain – just how different it is now because of the transfer portal. Like, for example, 24-7 sports, and I don't know if this is out there or not, but we're going to have rankings side-by-side side, uh, that are that are just like high school rankings that are transfer portal rankings. All right? Good. I love that because, man, that's it's, it's on the always way. been wondering. It's, yeah. it's been working. It's awesome. been, we've been working on it. 24-7, I'm not just saying that. I thought this when we were with Scout. They're the best in yeah. terms of doing this, in terms of, like, the composite rankings, the crystal ball. Just It is. Like, me, I – and I've had friends who worked at Rivals, and they thought the same. Like, man, they just do it the best. They may not have the best talent or the best insiders, but in terms of, like, the rankings, they do it the best. And with them now, now I can say, we sure right. do, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they're out front with these transfer rankings. And uh, I'm really excited. It's not, I, I don't, I'm probably not supposed to say too much more, but uh, it's going to be really good. And it's going to paint, it's going to tell the, more of the entire story. You know what I mean? If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. I don't know if we ever really tell the entire story, but we can get as close as we possibly can, and that's going to help. It's not just those rankings. There's some other things that are going to tell, like, how your team has improved, right? That, that's the whole point. Like, what's on the roster? How has it improved? Uh, Texas Tech obviously is focusing on in a space that they can play and have a lot of success in, and that is the transfer portal. And, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show that, 
there was a someone outside of you know our sphere here, our bubble here in Lubbock, talking about how Texas Tech has had a lot of success. Uh, his name is Blair Angelo. He's a national writer for 24/7 Sports. Back in May, he wrote a story entitled "The Schools Who Cleaned Up in the 2021 Transfer Portal." Texas Tech was one of those ten programs. I'm going to reiterate the other programs. And this is who it was that was mentioned: Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Miami. Penn State, USC, and Oklahoma, just to name a few. TCU is always also in there, so just to be fair. Uh, so, and this was before, that's May. They've added Geiger, the receiver. They've added Reggie Pearson. They added uh, Kyron uh, Cumbie, the, the running back out of Illinois, who they offered, Tech offered a scholarship out of high school, but when Taj Brooks committed, they, they the offer was no longer committable. So they okay. liked him. Just not more than Taj Brooks, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and they got him as a walk-on. So, um, Texas Tech, what what they've been able to do is like their um, their vision for the program and what they believe in and their culture. They've been able to sell to an older type of recruit because most of these high school kids they want to go. Like Tyler Shuck is a perfect example, and he told us this. You know, Oregon, all the uniforms, mm-hmm. big brands, all that stuff. You know. Uh, but then when you get older, it's like, I, I got to trust the coaching staff I, I'm going to go to. Where is there an opportunity, and where can I really showcase my skills to get and develop and get to the next uh, level? So that's where tech is really, like I mentioned Dave Scholes, the strength and conditioning coach. What he does in nutrition, what he does in the weight room is something they sell, they, and they do a very good job because that becomes really important. Maybe not when you're 18. Right. You know, where you go where the prettiest girls are, which, you know, Texas Tech, honestly, should have a pretty good – uh, pretty good in that competition, right. but uh, you know what I mean. All those little things that aren't really as important when you get older, you know. Right. So, and that's where Tech has has had a lot of success. But I think it would be wrong just to look at the recruiting rankings from the high school ranks and say they're not having success. Now, in terms of volume, no, they're not. You know, but in terms of the quality, I mean, we mentioned Mason Tharp. You know, yeah. uh, we mentioned Cameron Valdez. We have two freshmen coming in, or Tech has two freshmen coming in that are gonna make. A difference immediately because they're that talented, and they chose Texas Tech over Oklahoma State, Baylor, TCU, in some cases Texas, like a Loic Fawangi, or and even Oklahoma, which I'm going to get to for this class. You have a guy from Oklahoma, one of the top-rated guys in Oklahoma, with offers from Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas, who chose Texas Tech, and that's Marion Horn, four-star athlete out of Broken Arrow, uh, and one of the which re- that's a good program there too. Great yeah. program. Yeah. I mean, they've won a, at least a couple of state titles yeah. here in the last couple of years. You know. Um, <clears throat> so uh, they're they're having success there uh, more than what just the rankings would tell you, even at the high school ranks. I mean, Marion Horn, I think one of the, the keys was obviously dogged recruiting, but you know a good visit too. Uh, but which you could say that for probably Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. How did they get a guy out of Oklahoma? Which historically. Guys in Oklahoma, offered by Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, they stay in Oklahoma. Right. They stay like 99% of the time. It's, it's uncanny. How did they get this guy to commit to Tech uh, despite those offers? And I think it's flexibility. He's an athlete, and almost everybody projects him as, as a DB, and rightfully so. But also giving him the opportunity to show his skills on offense, too, that nobody else, uh, you know, not nobody, but most other schools wouldn't, weren't willing to do at the time. Yeah. That flexibility helps you land. Uh, a talent like that. They also had really good visits. They do a good job on these visits. You can tell by 
interviewing when you interview these guys, it's just you look for keywords because everybody says, "Oh, I had a good time." That you know, nobody's like, "It was terrible." I hate that coach. Never coming back here. I hate the food. You know, nobody ever says that. But uh, you you know, you do this long enough, uh, you know, you, you listen for keywords. And uh, another guy, highly ranked guy, 5'11", 205 pound, three star running back, the uh, number fifty three overall player in Texas, Bryson Denell, uh, out of Tyler Legacy. It was Tyler Lee, we know, but Tyler Legacy. Uh, he. Chose Texas Tech over offers several offers, including Arkansas, Colorado, Houston, and Purdue. I asked him why. Why do you choose Tech? He said one of the main reasons I chose Tech was because when I went on my visit, I felt like it felt like home. I found myself creating bonds and memories with some of the coaches, players, and even other students who went there. The moment I left for my visit, I knew that would most definitely be somewhere that I could see myself for the next chapter of my life. So, when I read from that was. And I think back to just my time as a student, being somebody from the from the, the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, you know, some fish out of water out here in West Texas as a teenager, was I immediately got the culture in terms of like the West Texans, how how welcoming they were, what a big deal Texas Tech is in this community. But you know, smaller town obviously than like Arlington, but also big enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's not, I mean, it's you know, <laughs> it's not. What it's made out to be by a lot of the people in the right, I mean, it right. is a significant town, you know. Uh, it's better than Stillwater. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, he got it. You know, he got the culture, and, and, he, and he listened to what, you know, he believed in what the coaches were telling him. And we already mentioned how much depth Tech has at mm-hmm. running back. I mean, you're going to have to come earn a spot, earn, yeah. earn your reps. So it's not like he was like, oh, I know I can play immediately. That's not uh, what Bryson Donnell saw there. And this guy, I mean, he's very prolific. Uh for Tyler Legacy. I always want to call it Lee. Uh, another guy who kind of echoed those sentiments that I want to share who came in the visit in June and committed like pretty much immediately a six foot seven, 280-pound offense alignment, Caden Weatherby. He's from Colorado. He said he chose Tech uh, over offers from Arizona State, Colorado, Kansas State, Michigan, and Michigan State. And he said the reason why was because once he got on campus and spent some time with the team, he knew there was that was where he wanted to go. The atmosphere they create down there is unmatched. And after the first day down there, I knew I wanted to commit. Wow. So, I mean, that's what you want to hear. Yeah. You know, that's the stuff. Now, you want to hear it from more guys. But here's the difference with this staff and just the way the recruiting landscape is now. Uh, so, to be fair, to like a previous regime, uh, is they're not going to reach. They just aren't going to reach on high school guys because they know that they can thrive, not just operate, but thrive in the transfer portal. And it's not like you're mortgaging the future like before. I mentioned Tyler Shuck has three years of eligibility. Josiah Pierre has four years of eligibility. He spent two years developing in Florida. He's (laughs) 6'2", 245 pounds. You know, and he's He's a grown man. Certainly faster than anybody in this room, probably anybody in this building. You know, I'm just just guessing here. Uh, I think you're uh, right, yeah. uh, So I'm just you can go down the list. So it's not like these guys are coming in. And they're only going to be here for a year, or you're talking like you want to talk about what's been destroyed is junior college recruiting. Why take a See, junior I college? I was going to ask you about it's that. Been it seems like yeah. If you're not elite, I mean elite, where you know, like they know, like this guy's going to come in and like make an immediate impact. Then yeah. they're not. Why do it? You can take a Josiah Pierre with three or four years of eligibility. Right. You know who's been developing in a Power Five program, yeah. as opposed to a guy who's been. This, I mean, I'm not. I don't want to put down junior college, but I mean, come on, they don't have the resources. Different level, right? Five, I mean, it's just bottom line. So 
with less eligibility. And we all know the junior college year, the transition year. It takes yeah. almost every junior college player at least once full season. It's right. almost like the whole ACL thing. You know, somebody tore their ACL. They were out for a year, but it was really two years. <laughs> right. It's not modern medicine. It's different now. Now they're out yeah. six months. And they're ready to go. Yeah. But, uh, there was always that extra year and that's right. the same with junior college so junior college recruiting has just been destroyed i mean I, you know kids go to class yeah. do your homework you know because if you want to play football going the junior college route is very t- it's just got significantly tougher yeah well, and, and it's like what you said about them not reaching because you know it seems like you know typically if you had like 25 guys in your signing class right. high school guys and tech always ended up you'd have some guys at the top you might land a four star you get some right. three star guys then you get the low three star and then you just end up with a bunch of guys that probably never really were ever going to ha- have a chance to contribute in any significant way and so i i like the fact that maybe they're they're getting fewer of those high school guys but the quality of those players it's there you know it's not the quantity but the quality is definitely much better and most of these guys that bring in look like they do have a chance to contribute at some point. And they're getting at need positions. Like for me, where are my two biggest questions in terms of depth on this roster? Offensive line and DB. Yeah. They have two offensive linemen committed and two DBs. All right? Uh, actually, three DBs. Uh, so, I mean, that's they're, they're going for need. They're going for yeah. high-end targets. They're not reaching. For example, they offered a couple quarterbacks. It didn't happen. You got two freshmen on your roster right now that have tons of eligibility remaining, you know, I mean, that you really, really like. I mean, yeah. anybody's been out there. You, you like Donovan Smith, you like Barrett Moore. I'm not good luck. Why reach and take <laughs> take up an extra ro- another roster spot yeah. that you can use on a DB that you need or a linebacker or whatever, you know, or, yeah. or, or a defense alignment. So I, where there's been times, this is our, we started our sixth season here, uh, which I'm really proud of. The Rock and pregame. That's right. Uh, and there have been times where we've had this segment, and I've, I, have, I, I can't figure out what they're trying to do. I, 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 I wish I could figure. Out. I've talked to them. I've talked to recruits. I don't understand. I get the game plan. I yeah. get what they're trying to do. Now, Good. it all comes back to they need to win this year. But I, they are significantly, in my mind, improving the roster. And anybody who was out there before, two years ago, and out here now, I mean, it's it's really night and day. When you say Sean, I know Sean, you've been out there a lot. When yeah. you say, I mean, and Pete, I mean, you've been out there some, it's, there's a big, it's a big difference in the size of these guys, and then how, and the depth. Yeah. You know, there were so many times going into a season where I said, I hope, we have hope, we think this might be, instead of, well, we've seen this, this guy played at NC State, he had 20 pass breakups in two years there, yeah. you know, which is great, yeah. maybe among the leaders. Marquise Waters was one of the best defensive backs in the right. ACC. He is going to the NFL. Tyler Shuck does have NFL scouts coming from all over the league to see him because he is 6'5", 225 pounds, not Nick Shimanek. Let's hope, yeah. <laughs> He's really confident. <laughs> He's I mean, a good guy. Yeah, I hate to pick on Shimanek because, I mean, He's he was okay. Guy. He was but a I mean, good guy. I'm just saying. Stites. Well, that's a perfect example. I mean, Josiah Pierre, who I just mentioned, 6'2", 245 Faster than anybody in this building, for whatever that's worth. Uh, Florida pedigree, high three-star guy coming out of high school. He's third string at best. Yeah. Where four years ago, walk-on fullback from Houston was the guy you were like. It moved uh, to linebacker, yeah, right? Yeah. In starting. And you people know? were, and, and I remember a lot of people woo-hoo! were excited Yeah, at I that know. Time. That's what I'm saying. I yeah, was he's, like. Yeah, he's kind of a big guy. I was like, nah, <laughs> man. This is not good, you know? So. 
yeah, it, they've come a long way in terms of the roster. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, and that part is is exciting. You, you, like you said, the players are bigger. There looks to be much more depth than there was. So those are the kind of things that give you give you some some optimism for the upcoming season. All right, we come back here. Um, it's time to put in the season predictions for Red Raider football. This is always uh, this is always fun. It'd be interesting to see where everybody kind of comes down on Uh-oh. this. And uh, we will open the Cotton Court Vault uh, to. Uh, Take a look at the end of the future here. They want Bama. That's my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, uh, no. Okay. Maybe not. Make a player go home. I always see Chris Farley as Swarskoff when I say that. Oh yeah. I want Holyfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open the cotton cord vaults. All right. We are we are now stepping into the Cotton Court Vault. Yes, here we go. We're going to uh, make predictions for the upcoming year with the Red Raiders. Brought to you by the Cotton Court Hotel. Which, by the way, is a, is an awesome place to stay. That's a you've been there. Pete? I've gone by on a Friday. They yeah. got a band. They got a nice outdoor little area. Yeah, it's a, it's very nice. No, it's it's really cool. It's that's going nice. In fact, place the, to the girlfriend wants to have a staycation there. Right. And I said, well, nice. we live here. Why would you? Why you know would, what? So you would do it there. I tried nice. that before, and I was just like, what you're saying, a staycation in a hotel here? I'm not going to say a hotel, nice hotel. That's not the point. Uh, and I'm, you should probably do it at Cotton Court. It's probably so nice. It's worth it. But I'm just saying, yeah, you just want to go home. I got all my stuff at home. <laughs> if, we go, if we go to Florida or Vegas, I won't stay in a hotel. But, I mean, I, my chair is at home. My bathroom's at home. Well, you sound you like know. a real fun guy. I know. I, hey, look, man, wow. I, I like to, I like to uh, you know, I like to have fun. But I agree with you philosophically about having a staycation in a hotel. Yeah. You, I mean, you, 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 I well, we're doing you it have, there. You so have your house set yes. up, though, right? And we're doing it there. Oh, whoa, whoa, anyway. Hey, whoa, wow. Make a play or you're gone, Pete. <laughs> what happens, I'm still on the team. What happens in the vault stays in the vault. <laughs> Until the, in end the end cotton the, court vault. Oh, Until the end of the season, we're not going to bring it back up and show it to you. Will Pete make a bowl game? <laughs> what? <laughs> Anybody hear what he just said? I, I'm going to open the vault at the, the end. I'm going to open the vault at the end of the season and play you some. Nah, he said, "Show it to you." Oh okay. man, I I don't know what just happened. But, hey, uh, just don't bring back any of that audio about what I think about dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm or none. Yeah. Or Friend <laughs> of animals, Pete Christie, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Don't so, sell nuns. Serves <laughs> toward dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. All right. Let's Pete get to Lee the Lovey. vault. Yes, let's get to the vault here. Okay, so predictions for the uh, for the upcoming season for the Red Raiders. So I've, we should talk like record and maybe some other, you know, stats, different things. Well, know? the beginning of the season means optimism, unless you're named Jeff Scott. That's correct. So before game one, we're putting our predictions into the vaults on the tapes. So we can run it back at the end of the season. So okay. let's start with the first three games. Houston. You know, okay, here, here's... I might end up being slightly more optimistic than I was like three weeks ago. But I, you know, going out to the scrimmage and and you know, really sitting there and watching guys play and seeing some of the depth and things, I'm going to say Tech wins against Houston. Bit, I would have said that. Tech wins. Oh yeah, I have Tech wins. Yeah, I got them going three and zero. Yeah, let's let's yeah, not waste yeah, time. Say, on yeah, that. Like, uh, yeah, okay. we can agree with that. Yeah, because I would. That Florida even International. As pessimistic as I am, Florida International yeah. was winless. You know, uh, Butch Davis is their coach. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. Boy, he's really fallen, hadn't he? I know. Jeez. It's like, went from the Browns, which, you know, he went from the Browns to. <laughs> Shots fired. And, and it's not even today's Browns. I mean, well, that's it was, true. You yeah, know, yeah, it was. Browns are good now. Save that Browns. audio. Yeah. Show it oh, to us I later. Will, I will. Show it to us. At Texas. Um, I think you lose that game. 
Loss. Yeah. Okay. Win. Woo! Okay, here we go. All right. All right. Yeah, but what, wait till we get to the bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> At West Virginia. I'm, I'm going to go out there and say W. I say W, too. I am going to say that's a loss. Okay. Yeah. And I say that's a win. Okay. Oh, so they're 5-0. and oh. Wow. Sean says, bring on Bama. That's what he's saying. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Home versus TCU. I'm going to say that is a game that Tech can win. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a and it's a good, it, but it's a good. You know, they, they hate each other. There's always a pretty good rivalry there, and uh, I think that uh, that that is a game Tech can win, and I, I think they win it this year. Loss. Seriously, you, you got them going five and zero, oh, and then you're gonna you're gonna pick that one as the one that. Well, that's crazy, Sean. I mean, you know, you you got to win at home, but yeah. uh, I mean that that's probably going to be one. Uh, that they should have won, and they'll lose. So I'll say loss. Yeah, I'm going to say loss too. Well, I'm the, I'm the optimistic <laughs> one on the on the Tech TCU game. You wow. I was actually just did the ESPN like football power index. Uh-huh. Tech's favorite in six games. Yeah. And then that, there's yeah. three other games that are 45. percent They have a 45 percent chance. So right. That's nine games that they're either either favored to win or it's a coin toss. Right. I mean, well, that's what they this TCU game. I think they they're going to be toss. some maybe. Yeah, it's a coin toss game. They're at home. And I, I'm just going to like to think that they, they're just a, enough better where they should win that at home, and then if they can keep like Wells from making a, a you know a goofy uh, you know boneheaded <laughs> decision yeah. and snatching a well, victory. Well, you had them losing to West Virginia, right? Yes, I did. So yeah. I have. I mean, basically, we agree that they're going to yeah. split those games because yeah. they're both coin toss type games. Right. Yeah. At Kansas, win. Yeah. Win. Better. Boy, if, yeah, if you lose that, that's home versus Kansas State. You know, this is something like that ESPN FBI. They, uh, they have Tech as a favorite, uh, okay, almost an eighty percent chance of winning that game, which is high. Yeah. But I was looking at the history. And I know this is these are different teams. But Kansas State has won five in a row in nine of ten wow. in the series. Amazing. Nine of ten. Only that two thousand fifteen team yeah. beat them with wow. that great offense, Pat and Dre and all that. Yeah. Game. So. I'm going to say a win. I think by then, Shuck's... Shucking it up? Last time Tech won seven games in the regular season, they beat Kansas State. I I think they're going to win seven games this year. I think they beat Kansas State at home. Win. All right. This one I go for. I, I think they lose that game. Yeah. I just think Kansas State's, yeah, like you said, got their number, and, and just for whatever reason, they struggle, and I just say it's a loss. I mean, they returned Skylar Thompson. They returned Deuce right. Vaughn. I mean, they, it's like. And, and Kleiman is a good, that guy is a quality coach, and uh, I, I think they'll be. I, he I, has I retained their, like, hard nosed, underdog, tough kind of edge to the program. You know right. What I mean? Yeah. The Bill so, Snyder, it, exactly. he, was, he was probably the perfect hire yeah. for Kansas good State. Hire. Yeah. That OU loss. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think you lose that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I lost. Home versus ISU loss. Loss. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see that happening either. That's a loss. They're 0-5 against Matt Campbell at Iowa State. Yeah. And by an average of, like, it's it's double digits. They have yeah. not had a game stay within single digits since Matt Campbell's been at Iowa State. Wow. And they dominated that series prior to, to Matt Campbell taking it over. It isn't amazing. State. I mean, you got to really, no matter, you know, be – you, you've got to admire Matt Campbell. That Absolutely. guy is such a great coach. To be able to 
take a team that is a traditional doormat, has no real great facilities to point to. They, I mean, they do have good fan support and things, but they do. Ames, Iowa. I mean, they're not. They have a, great water. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Okay. Have you ever seen that video? <laughs> I don't guess I have. You, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen. I'll show you. I, is I, it a recruiting video or something? Oh, uh, you no, know, no. Okay, it's, watch it's, that. it's one of the more cringy. Like I, every game week, I, I post the, the like the most cringy video for each team. Okay, and I've seen some of those. But orientation think... one. Okay, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> In Iowa State, water it's water. Well, I, no, I will. It's it's the worst. Okay, I or get the it. best. I, I, I know <laughs> what I'm doing after the, after the show it's here. Hilarious. All right, home, all right. Home versus Oklahoma State. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, see, that's another one. I think that's I think Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State's going to have a pretty good team this year, and I I just that's another one. I think Tech loses. Yeah. See how how many? Because I let's see. you have one. Three. You have three losses so far. They're going to be Baylor. Yeah, I think they lose this game. I do. I, you know, I think they lose I'll this say game. a loss too. Sean, where where are you at on that? I'm guessing you're having to win on that one. Win. Okay. All right. And then uh, at Baylor, win. That's a win. Win. How many wins do they have on there? You, yeah, what is that now? So Jared change something. Jared is one, two, three, four, five losses. Yeah, that's what I see. Seven. All right. Five, anyway, ten. I've got. Yeah, I've got the. They'll beat Baylor. So now, tally it up, and what do we all have? Okay, I have nine and three. Nine? They win nine games. Man, I would love Matt Wells that. is going to get like a lifetime extension. You know how it is right here. <laughs> that he'll, he'll get another job or somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yeah. 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 Pete is seven and five. Yeah. Okay, okay. that's reasonable. Do we yeah. pick exactly the same? Jeff is one, so. two, three, four, five, six. Six and six? Six and six, nice, Jeff. Really? Wow, that that's way more amazing. For yeah, Jeff. well, well, like, I, for those yeah, because I really, know, like, wow, yeah, that you got to go. Yeah, you sure you added that up right? That's that probably seven five. Five. Years He's like, give him a couple more losses. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, <laughs> they're not beating TCU. <laughs> no, I said though a few weeks ago, we talked this, and I said it was. I, I thought that the the ceiling for the team was seven wins. But more likely, I felt like it's probably going to be five. But after seeing the scrimmage, you know, I, I did come away feeling a little better about things. So that's probably where, you know, going Real, with the six there. Realistic yeah. Jeff is back. Yeah, well, you know. All right, well, I, yeah, listen, if they win six games, that, that would be a, a bowl game. That, that would feel. Who's going to win better. that? Lime Scooter Bowl game. Who you got? Who's taking the play and going to win? Uh, they'll beat Minnesota. <laughs> okay. Wow, okay. Nice. I think there's a record 85 teams, you know, assuming COVID doesn't wreck it, uh, are going to be able to participate in bowls. 85. Boy, yeah, if you can't make that, yeah, yeah that shows where you, how bad it's you like, are. What, All right, 60 something percent. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. So there's 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 kind of we got a mix of some optimism and and I mean I, I'm just saying for me you know I'm, I'm you, don't always be your pessimist realist than me yeah, but me saying six games yeah okay you know what you say predicting six wins and Sean predicting nine really is the same to me yeah uh, right, Sean's right. always like there's no okay yeah, yeah he's always delusional you gotta yeah, throw out on. that one yeah no. shave a couple off Sean's yeah, and six, then six. maybe add one to yours is pretty much. Six and six, man. I gotta quit drinking that bottle of cough syrup before the show. Whoo! All right. Um, it's the cool When we come back, uh, uh, where were we? <laughs> the Michelob. Thank final you. World. Yes, yes, we have that. That's coming up too. Oh yeah, in the Alpha Cup, we're doing that thing again this year. The Alpha Dog Cup. We're making the game predictions right. and stuff. Is that what we're doing? Yes. All right. 
It's delivered the cold ones. All right. All right. So anyway. Thank you. Oh, yes, six wins. Uh, yeah. How about it? All right. All right. So anyway, so yeah, the quest for the Alpha Dog Cup. We, we're going to start that again this year. We'll be predicting all the games, and you're the and Sean. You're you're the you're the guy that's got the Alpha Dog Cup, right? Two it pains me to two time defending champ. Uh, I'm Dad, the three time champ. And why are you bringing up six and two so and three and two? There's only two people involved in the Alpha Dog Cup. Oh, Let's be honest. I just, just want y'all to know. That you guys are in bookends. years past. I didn't do any preparation. It's on me. I make no no right. no excuses. All that's changed. Make a play. I or you're gonna gonna make a play. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I got staying power. So I, you're gonna win. I'm you're gonna, gonna win. win it this year. I'm gonna win it all. Yeah, all it's right. not even gonna be close. That's I've got laughable. my money on Jarrett. <laughs> make a play or you're gone. <laughs> all right, we got more to come here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rocking Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. It's time now for the Red Raider Outfitter Rocking Predictions. All right. Predictions. Everyone picked uh, Nebraska to beat Illinois, right? So here we go. UTEP at New Mexico State plus seven. I have, now, when, when is it? When, when is this game? This game is tonight. Now, when? Uh, by the way, the Nebraska wins that. Is that tomorrow? Or? That is going on right now. Oh, it's playing now. Oh, what are we doing here? Okay. College football is on, and, and we're working. It it happens. Right. UTEP at New Mexico State plus seven. I'll take New Mexico State and the points. Boy, that's a terrible game. Oh all these. Gosh. Look at all these games. This is I had and that you're no doing prior point spreads. Yeah, this is I know. I, anyway, the, 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 the otherwise we'd all pick the same thing. So it's New Mexico State with the points. I'm taking New Mexico State and seven. Yeah, give me. I don't know. Give me UTEP. I'm going to take UTEP too. That's a terrible game, though. Really oh my terrible. gosh, <laughs> Jared. But if it's on the night, I'd watch it. Man, I'd watch it. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's college football. I mean, I, I'm, so I'm you're going to watch it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's terrible. It'll be the worst game I watch all year. That's terrible. I'll take you, Jeff. Ugh. The Citadel plus 35 at number 22, Coastal Carolina. I'll take Who Coastal Carolina. Who ever would have thought you'd take Coastal Carolina in any game, given 35 points? <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a great great program they got going there, though, now. Coastal Carolina. I got Coastal. Yeah, okay. me too. I'll go coastal. The Citadel. It's better than going postal. <laughs> Number twenty four. He's gonna do that too. <laughs> we stay here any longer. <laughs> Number twenty four, Utah at Weber State. Weber State. And, I, and I have I have a Utah. Okay, Utah for me too. Yeah, Utah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Number four, Ohio State at Minnesota plus twenty one and a half. Ohio State. I'm going to Ohio State. Yeah, I got Ohio State. He's going to do it. I know he is. I can tell. Just say it. it. Minnesota. End of point. Okay. Okay. Southern Utah plus 17 and a half at San Jose State. I I don't know if I've ever seen Southern Utah play anything. I didn't know there was a Southern Utah. I've heard of San Jose State, so I'll take them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 17 and a half. Yes. Yeah, San Jose State. Boise State in three and a half Ooh. at UCF. Ooh. I'm going that's Boise. Good. That could be a that's good a game. Good right that's the best yeah. game on the, on the schedule. Yeah, UCF. That's, that could be, uh. but both those teams could end up being a Big 12 members one of these days. So. I'm taking UCF. <laughs> um, yeah, this could be our future here, um, like really caring about that game. Um, yeah, you know, give me, uh, give me Boise State. He's thinking. He's like, do I want to make the UCF at home? Houston Baptist, uh oh, plus fourteen at New Mexico. They played Texas. Yeah, they lost. Give me, give me Houston Baptist. 
Wow. I'll go New Mexico. The quarterbacks in a different state now. Uh, I'll take uh, New Mexico. And I will take New Mexico. Boise, I'm sorry, Bowling Green plus 24 and a half at Tennessee. 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 Yeah, I think you got to take Tennessee against Bowling Green. Tennessee. And finally, nice. South Florida. Is that Arrested Development? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Good. I know the 90s now. All right? <laughs> There's money in the banana stand. Uh, South Florida plus 12 and a half at what? NC State. Oh, yeah. I'll go NC State. So who, who's a, I'm sorry, I'm still South stuck Florida. in the banana <laughs> stand. You got me on the banana stand, You're so right. I don't know what's going on. So what was the game again? South Florida plus 12 and a half at North Carolina State. Uh, give me NC State. I'm taking South Florida. That's a lot okay. of points. Oh, NC State. I will take Wolfpack. NC State, Pete? NC State, yeah. And it's a game on all y'all right there. And now you can hit the button for... Okay, it's this. Michelob Ultra, final word. All right. Final word here. Um, one last thought. Um, yeah, you know what? I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that... I always like when we predict the season, you know, because we did this about a month ago here, here at the, here at the station. Oh, we're still and, oh wow, yeah. And uh, I, I really had it. I think initially I was four and eight, my initial pick. Wow. And but going to the scrimmage and seeing some of these guys in person, you know, I and seeing Shuck in person, seeing uh, just the the depth, size. I mean, there's there's guys you can tell some guys have really put on some good, uh, you know, good good weight and muscle. And then seeing Mason Tharp and just I don't know, just overall, it just seemed better. And so that's that's where my six comes from. So that's my final thought is I'm I'm actually more optimistic than I was expecting. And I think that's surprising. You know what's funny about that is that uh I thought they looked like that was probably their worst showing of, of the whole offseason. Yeah. I didn't I thought they looked sloppy. Well see, I didn't, I didn't get time. to be in practice this year, I'd say in a time and that But for what you said though. You can still see the size. Like I had already seen it, and all yeah. that been around. You know, yeah. So I get where you're coming from, but yeah. it wasn't like a great showing in the scrimmage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so well, like Donovan that, Smith to me had a, it didn't have a very good scrimmage. Well, his offensive line so. sure didn't do him any favors. Yeah, he's probably, yeah, was that was he running with the threes nine. or something yes. on that? Yeah, that see, did not that help. shows right. you like that's where they have some depth problems. It's yeah. on the offensive line and in the secondary. Well, you know? and, yeah, and we talked about it all the time. Those are the two areas where you know there's going to be potential problems so i know we got to get out of here we're kind of over hey, i just here. wanted to wrap up by mentioning uh keep the siegel family in yes. your prayers tonight visitation Oof. for luke four to seven out at 82nd street and then tomorrow 11 a.m at the uh, supermarket arena uh you know what tim siegel did uh just being there every single second for that young man and uh as tim siegel put on facebook luke inspired and motivated people worldwide, and he never said a word. Wow! And so, you know, I, I tell everybody to keep Luke in your in your thoughts and get out there. I mean, we all got a voice. You can do something good for somebody, bless somebody today, and think of Luke while you're doing it. And that is a great uh, final thought, right yeah. there, Pete. Thanks for checking out the uh, Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame today on 101.1 The Beard.